0: Playing at the Marnie, and away for Brown. It's out towards Justin O'Neill's side of the field. Tap back from Blake, and Field will pin the ears back and get his first try as an eel.
1: Well,
2: This is really smart play by Wonga Blake. And we know he scored a try in the first half that went to the video referee because his opposing number ran a block on him and he got away with it. This time he goes through but he realises he's not going to make a grab. Harvey Norman replay, he still has to move a course around them, gets up and taps it back beautifully into the path of Jai Field, who shows that blistering pace to the corner.
3: Lane's got Seba there, but he's did. Oh, we going got a pass away, Welcome back to another edition of the Para Podcast. this week. I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? Forty. Hey, fellas. Ham. Yeah, pretty good. And your host, Hamish. Uh, all right, we're going to run through last week's result, get to some news, and then go to the preview of next week's game. And we might even touch on some of the other games this week because there was a lot to come out of some of the other games this weekend. I chose the, uh, the wrong, wrong weekend not to, to watch much footy. Um, but let's start off it's with okay, a, a recap stop of the Eels once, once 42
0: Sorry, did Ham just deliver a rhetorical answer? Uh, an, yeah, he did. An answer. I was going to leave it there.
2: Yeah. No, no. Birdie every single week goes, hey, how's it going? <laughs> and no one ever responds.
0: Okay, so okay. Thought, the okay.
2: audience
3: are responding.
0: That's right. We <laughs>
3: just don't hear it, mate. I'm on behalf uh, of the audience. No, that's cool
0: That's called Ham. I respect that. I respect that. It's
1: just muscle memory. I'm okay. just saying the same thing. Sorry over,
0: sorry, sorry, for buttoning. I just, I just had to get it off my chest because that was gone. <laughs>
3: All right. Eels 42 to the Cowboys for try scorers, Michael Jennings, make a Civo for four. Wonga Blake and Jai field in his first game for the Eels going over in the 40th minute mark. Gutherson, a sharp eye uh, with six from seven and one from one penalty goals. Uh, make a Civo, sorry, remonstrating at the end of that game that uh, we went for the penalty goal. Uh, but according to BAS presser, it was uh Game was over, no no need to worry about getting well, any injuries on well, the last play of a game that's already done.
0: Jeez, geez, that ended up being relevant too because we didn't get out of that game unscathed.
3: Yes. Um, well, I guess he'd already lost two players, so no need to lose any more. Exactly. Um, Cowboys, one try to Tom oppercheck uh, I thought the boys would be pretty... Uh, disappointed with their defense on that play um, and you could see physically Gutherson was pushing David Gower to yeah, that side because yeah. he identified the four yeah, on three pretty it, early. It's
0: easy to scapego- um, scapegoat yeah. Fergal and Wonga Blake in that situation but I think it was Ham that initially pointed it out in the discord that it was um, Gower that, who was in the wrong position there which caused the entire misalignment of that right edge.
2: Give me um, too much credit. I wouldn't have seen that.
0: Oh, I would have, I would have sworn it was you. Because and then, but yeah, um, Isaac Johns. I,
3: I think it was myself. You got the
2: wrong oh, hamish. There we go. Yeah,
0: I'll give you. I'll give you the credit this time. You can have it. But yeah. give
3: us joint credit. The
0: joint hamishes. Credit. Yep. The, the the double ham sandwich.
2: The ham. The ham The, ham, the, ham, the, <laughs> the uh, Hamisos. That's the <laughs> plural
3: of hamish. <laughs> um, let's have a look at a couple of the uh, stats to come out of it: possession and completion. Sixty percent possession to the eels. 34 uh, minutes in possession to the Cowboys 23 84% completion rate. Uh, then you just look at massive blowout in the run meters 2,300 to 1,500 post contact meters 400 above uh, play the ball speed still slower 3.49 seconds to 3.2 seconds. Uh, then just looking at kicks 25 to 18 uh, 656 kicking meters to 378 two force dropouts to one uh, 91% effective. Tackle percentage. That's good. uh, With 19 missed and 12 ineffective, and then negative play, eight errors to 12, three penalties conceded each, and we used all of our interchanges. Um, So from those stats, those uh, grubbers two repeat sets. Uh, Dill Brown, uh, an off night on the short kicking game for him. He
0: was ropeable too. Came across in yeah. the coverage. He was upset with his um those two balls that went dead. One of them was really unlucky. That long kick that just went that run one roll too far. But that grubber kick in the second half, you could see when he was retreating back for the twenty meter restart that he was pissed off with himself. So, oh, what
2: you also don't see on that is um before he gets up, he actually smacks the ground in anger. So you can tell he was, he
0: was real, real angry at himself. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, it's good to see that he wants to be at the best, and he gets disappointed in that. But there's no need to beat yourself up over that sort of. Yes, especially when you're 20 years old. You no, know, some sometimes things go wrong, but it it is a good attitude
1: to have. Do you think it's because the surface was like pristine and it's sort of like not I mean, bag, worn in? Bag, not bag hard. Bankwest is
0: always a tricky surface for those sort of kicks, and maybe the relay turf did contribute to him not, you know, fully appreciating the new uh, roll on. But I think mean, it's just it's just the standard he holds himself to. So he yeah. just he just mis-, ex- mis executed slightly, and you know he, he will make that adjustment moving forwards.
2: But what a game otherwise! Like we're looking for someone to step up in Moses' absence, and all the talk all week was about Dylan Brown. He's so classy, all this sort of stuff. Just did not let it affect him. He was
0: well. It's it's favourite term for him, isn't it? If you watch any sort of match review or preview, he um credits Dylan Brown as unflappable, and that's that's exactly what he is. He just does not get phased by anything. Um, it doesn't mean it doesn't matter if it's the biggest back row in the game coming at him or the biggest front row in the game coming at him. He chops them down. Doesn't make a difference if he's the dominant half or not. He just does his job, and that's yeah, exactly I think what you it saw
2: did. It, um Before even kickoff, you know, teams were running out yeah. on the field. Dill was, you know, bobbing his head, just to vibing. Yeah. by Metallica, yeah, just vibing. Like, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's for a twenty-year-old
0: half. Marches but, to the beat of his own drums for sure. He yeah. is um, his own man and. That was really apparent, and and one thing is that we didn't on the same side as talking about him being the dominant half. Brad Arthur and, and Murphy did a very good job of not overburdening him with the extra playmaking responsibilities. Instead, we saw the the Centurion man Quentin Gufferson have a huge game as the extra playmaker.
2: Unbelievable game! Like people want to talk about uh, Tedesco and Trebojevic as the best fullbacks in the game. Like. The way Gutherson has been playing, and you assume it's going to stay on because he's just that sort of competitor, and he's got that attitude. He has to be right up there.
1: Uh,
0: well, we talked about in the past that the perception was that Guthrie was probably at the head of that chasing pack, which were a different, like a distinct notch down from that elite bunch, right? So behind the Tedesco's, the uh, I was about to say Willi Hargrave, but um, <laughs> he's not a fullback. <laughs> I'm at Tool Shek, obviously. Um am Ponga when he's on, and um, Tom Tom Taborich when he's healthy. So, and he was at the head of that pack blow. But I think now that he's really separated himself from that chasing pack and now he's at half step behind the elite fullbacks and there's no absolutely. one else on his own level. So he's he's and just just behind the best, but definitely ahead of the chasers.
2: And it's just all through hard work and uh, perseverance, really.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Like As he said, he's not the most talented
3: player there is. It's just he's put in the effort. A couple just, of years on from that, that last knee injury too.
2: That's
0: right. Yeah, right. Back in 2017, which was such a devastating injury for us during that season, wasn't it?
2: Well, because um, that was sort of a breakout year for him. It was, well, you know? yeah. He'd, he was coming right into his own, but um, um, before the knee injury, after his previous knee injury at Manly, um, he was kicking goals. He was making up meters, and um, I think you know, despite him having a good 2019, um, he's probably getting back to that uh, where uh, potentially showed 2017 before the um ACL there.
0: If you looked at the numbers without seeing who played, you would have thought the Eels had prime Jared Hayne, wouldn't you? 22 runs for 255 meters, two offloads, one line break, three line break assists, free try assists, and seven tackle busts. Like that is just superstar numbers, superstar production. So yeah. you know, couldn't couldn't be happier. But he is, you know, firing all cylinders for us. He is the. And
2: it is. It's good to know that if Mitch does go down, we've got
0: we've got a pretty handy backup goal kicker. Yeah, yeah. Because he did
2: didn't, not even know that. We've got someone that will just step up. He or was
0: automatic. He was automatic. We didn't give him any friendly chances too. They were all from the sideline for the most part. Yeah. And um, the one Except that he that did miss—that's right—but the one he did miss just um, bounced the wrong way off the upright. So um,
3: just on those tries, try assist that first pass to Mo, uh, to uh, sorry to Michael Jennings, I thought was fantastic. But then that second cutout yeah, ball for the Sibos yeah. first try—that was just an absolute peach, absolute
0: bullet. Yeah, he just that that right to left pass was so good. Um, and you can see, and we're talking, you know, pre-podcast there was a bit of chat about Fergo because there was a Nicola article about Nofluma versus Ferguson and um, why he's got no tries and whatnot. And just our left edge is so good. And you talk about the the person of that left edge in the half, the back row, the center and the winger, which are all pretty handy players. But then you'd look at Quinton Garfson's right left pass, you know, look at Junior Paul's right to left pass, and they just are huge mismatches down that edge. And we saw them both in action on the weekend. Uh, Junior Paul obviously played a, a huge part in the hat-trick try for Makas with a, a nice little offload right to left ball.
2: It's, it's another thing, you know, you look at our forward pack there, both with the ball and without the ball. Um, our starting front row is over 200 metres each. When do you ever see that? Like Usually if you have a monster game, a uh, attacking game from one forward, the other one might make over a little over 100 or so, but both to you know smash 200 metres in a match, that's huge. And it, you know, I can't remember if I said it last week or not, but I, I, I wanted to see a bit more ball playing or offloading from uh, Reg. And this week we got it. Yeah,
0: it um, just it didn't, didn't try and force it, but when it, the opportunity presented itself, he had a really nice late offload in the second half.
2: Yeah, it's just another dimension to our
0: pack. Who who was it that was on three sixty last night? That tried to suggest that Penrith had the best front row combination in the competition, and then he got shut down real hard. It was Rothfield. It was Buzz Rothfield. <laughs> and uh, oh god, because Penrith obviously have a good front row rotation, but uh, James Hooper and uh, I think uh, it was uh, Kent put the kibosh in that pretty quickly, throwing out the Roosters, Parramatta, and I think there was another club in there as well. <laughs> but yeah. they're going well, great. That's the thing, they're you going know, great guns. Uh,
2: being a Parramatta, being the power podcast going to talk us up
0: exactly but
2: it's it's the fact that you know i mentioned that junior and reg both got 200 meters but then our second row was also smashed over 100 meters each uh our lock smashed over 100 meters um our bench oregon kafusi over 100 meters so it's not just you know the starting front row there it was that hope the whole pack
0: it, it's a unit isn't it it's the whole it. whole pack is just hunting as one and then, you see, it, you see it in the defense with the big hits. It's obviously there's a couple of guys that come up repeatedly with the shots, but it's yeah. the loves if you want to put it that way. The love's been shared by a few blokes.
2: Yeah, you want to look at the Penrith front row. You know who's on their bench: Moses Leota. And it's not as if is taking metres away from them. He made 40.
0: Raining back weekend. roll of the week, by the way, with what was yeah, it, 40, 40 runs Ridiculous. from seven carries or something like that.
2: <laughs> Ridiculous. You know, you got Sean Lane, who's fast becoming probably the most underrated player in the competition versus Viliami Kikau, makes approximately 90 metres less, makes about know, similar tackles. Laney's doing less missed tackles. And kikau being been lauded as his second row change in the game whereas Lanes just going about his business doing well and really should be rewarded with a uh, New South Wales origin squad spot.
1: Is it just me or is everything like Dylan Brown does is so like effortless and like Yeah, absolutely. Like if you look at the f- the first try or the third try for Sivo, the flick pass it's like a 15-20 meter pass but it was like a flick of the wrist and it was like you see most halves almost have to wind up, up
0: and rip it and he just They've
1: literally they're full like Exactly winding up and ripping it, but like, it's just so effortless. And even when he's running, he do, it, it's like as if his you know his heart rate is like below you know I don't know eighty or whatever. Like it's just resting heart rate. It just yeah, seems like he is a cool. It reminds off me of so it. much of Chris Gale when he plays cricket. Like it's just like you'll hit a six and then just be like not check for not. a pulse if he's still alive. Like <laughs> it's crazy. Just and yeah, and you know you he's, he's mentioned it. Like that's captain material. Like he helped. You know he's a. He was the most experienced. He's the most experienced guy in our spine. You know, he helped And uh, no, no, that's
0: crazy, isn't it? That is absolutely insane that Gufferson at at 100 games, half of which he's ended up captaining the eels for is the most experienced player play, player in our spine. So, um what do we think about Jay Field guys?
3: Yeah, I thought he didn't overplay his hand. He, he, he learnt from his mistake pretty quickly. The oh, first kick, that, he, you know, it was terrible. But then the second one, he he felt the inside pressure and took a couple of steps uh, then put the kick in.
0: The psychology of that whole sequence is fascinating, isn't it? Because it was such a, a direct message from the team to say that we're backing you. You're going to get the first major clearing kick, you know, you're our guy. And then Reese Robson, who was a former teammate of his at the Dragons, actually, as a junior, um, guns it for him and, and disrupts him and gets that real shanked kick away. Next set, Next chance he gets, the same thing happens. And he does – instead of panic, he does that Mitchell Moses move, doesn't he, where he just gets past the chaser, then gets to his kick. And I thought that was a really nice adjustment from him.
2: Yeah. You know, without playing reserve grade, coming into a team cold pretty much, Like because if, say, the season had gone on and everything was fine and Moses did get his calf injury, he would have had 10 games or so under his Exactly. Belt, and we would have let him be the dominant playmaker uh, in reserve grade there. So he would have got the experience behind him. He would have had a bit of, you know – played with a few of the guys and trained with them and everything. But, yeah, coming in cold, I thought he had a really good game. He's not going to be Mitchell Moses. We, you know, I don't think anyone was expecting him to be Mitchell Moses. He
0: did a fair impersonation in a sense, though, didn't he? Because he's got that same electric acceleration. Absolutely.
2: But, and, you know, for, he's not going to set up the tries, but exactly gets so the you ball can, in hand. Oh, I, you know. He's exciting.
0: It, <laughs> he's, he's exciting. It,
2: it, it reminded me sort of like a mixture between going back to Eagles players if anyone ever saw Bevan French in the under 20s yeah,
0: that's a good comparison. It
2: was just when he got the ball in his hands, the defence didn't know what to do. It could be a set defensive line, and he would just break four tackles and then do something out of nothing. And his accelerate that for the tap back from Wanga Blake for him to score in the corner. If you know, if he had to run sixty meters, he would have ran outside. week well, I'll, was
0: I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one player who wasn't happy about Jayfield's Field's club debut. And that was Blake Ferguson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Left him on the duck egg with that fantastic little um, try in that corner. Because um, Fergo was obviously sitting out there as the unmarked man and, and Jay just backed his speed, which you love to see. Um, interesting, uh, interesting stat. Confidence. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, lo- you love to see the young guy back himself. And in, in that vein, he led the team in tackle busts. Guffo had seven, but Jay had uh, had eight. So he was well, an absolute. It,
1: it shows what Dylan Brown said the week before. Like he's the and one player that ate Yeah, how hard
0: was... he is the mark defensively.
1: Yeah, um, his stepping
0: was like a little, little bit of teddy yeah. there, pinball wizard, sort of he just mm. ricochet off defenders and there was one point where he'd cut back to the middle and, and, and bounce his way through the defensive line and, and it's just yeah, really exciting. I know the Cowboys aren't an awesome defensive team, but it just it shows you his potential and and given that we have a few injuries out of this game, I do wonder if and when Mitch is back if uh Jay finds himself on the bench as that sort of super utility weapon that we can bring on and, and sort of open up a game.
3: Well yeah, the game okay, plan so- was sorry, go on ahead. I was going to say, I guess it depends on what we, we need in any specific yeah, ex- exactly.
0: game. Um, but speaking of the Cowboys not being a great defensive team, um, we did a very good job of nullifying Jason Tamalola. Um, He
3: Tamalola. Made- I, said, I said in the preview, if we kept him under 250, it would be doing good. 167, baby, weak, weak JT13. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: kryptonite sort of stuff right there, baby. And it's, not, it's not <laughs> like he was coming back off the injury like earlier in the season when he had that 130-meter game where he'd just been back off that knee injury, I think it was, this was him at his, you know, as full fit as you can be halfway through the competition or thereabouts. But like you said, 160 odd meters from 16 carries. So, you know, very in the, in the ballparks of a good game for a good player rather than a superhuman game for the game's best forward. And more importantly, we forced him to 58 tackle attempts and he could only complete 45 tackles. So he missed nine and had a further and effective um, tackles. So just really isolated him in defense, picked on him and it, it really showed because his impact on the game was almost, you know, not there at all.
2: Yeah. I'd have to, go back and look at it but from sort of what I rewatched of the game. Um, we've really got Junior to focus on him when we had the ball. He'd go up and he'd do a hit and spin, which I love. I've talked about it on the podcast before. Hit and spin was great because Tamalolo doesn't really tackle with his shoulder. He's more of an arm defender. Mm-hmm. So that hit and spin, you know, and then it was one-on-one with Tamalolo, just hit and spin there, got around him. And then it was the same in uh, defense. We'd have uh, Murata or uh, Reg as soon as Tamalolo got the ball, it was the same as Stoney when Stoney came on. It was, it was really the, if you want to, in quotation marks, Locke's job to, to focus on Tamalolo, And just as soon as he gets the ball, run hard, tackle him low. There was no try and wrestle with him. There was no gang tackle. It was just get him, get a hit as quickly as we possibly could. And, you know, 162 metres on probably the best attacking forward the game has ever seen is just, it's unbelievable.
0: It was um. I mean, we, we've scored tries in a variety of ways across the season and obviously Makasivo is pretty good at doing that whole gig. But it was nice to see us um, unlock a new feature of our attacking repertoire against the Cowboys with the aerial kicks to Wanga Bike. He uh, yes. scored one and he also had that fantastic tap back to Jay Field. So every week it feels like we're sort of starting to tap into a different aspect of our offense. We haven't really seen the the whole picture yet, which is really encouraging.
2: Yeah, you want to, the, the first one, um, it was good to see uh, the video F the bunker used.
0: Common sense, yeah, discretion. Common sense, going back to common sense. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> no, but because you see it all the time that I was mentioning in the lead-up before, before the thing was, before the replay happened, you could see the defender trying to get in his way.
0: Like, Yeah, he made, he definitely he definitely cut tact to get into Wonga's path. And to yeah. Wonga's credit, he kept his eyes on the ball the entire time because he's been run off the ball a million times this season. It's been really bad. And this time he just kept his eyes on the ball and managed to keep balance through heavy contact. And like you said, the VRF showed correct, uh, correct levels of discretion and said he's obviously tracking the ball. He hasn't tried to take a player out in the chase. Play on, he grounds the ball, tries the Parramatta.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a big – it really irks me um, when teams, you know, it's, they say they're taking out the player uh, – the defender. They're not. The defender is looking to take out – there's only one ever player on defense that goes up for the ball and it's usually the winger. The centre and the halfback are always looking at the path of the attacker. Mm-hmm. They're never looking at the ball. It should The benefit of the doubt and the, the play should be in terms of the attacking team, There, in, in my opinion, just because you can see it. They're not looking for the ball. They're looking always to block, and it's really disappointing, especially when um, we're looking to promote attacking rugby league. We're uh, favouring the defending team in an illegal tactic.
3: I think you could see on the reverse angle of that one that the, the Cowboy player was trying to, like, still grab it. <laughs> Wonga's uh, shirt when, when yeah, yeah. Wonga went up for the ball. Yeah. So it wasn't as though, you know, it was just a, a shove directly. I think there was a bit of shoulder-to-shoulder, arm-to-arm contact. So it was a little bit, um, I guess, more of a degree that you could uh, favour the attacker in that one because it was a bit of give-and-take as opposed to a um, direct push in the back just to shove somebody out of the way, Allah. la... Um, ferguson the other week
0: mm-hmm. speaking of fergo um his best game statistically of the season 22 runs 236 meters a couple of tackle breaks uh, no try obviously but he got through a mountain of work and that was both his best volume and efficiency stats across eight rounds so maybe he's starting to come back to his best
2: yeah i'm, I'm not too worried about him not scoring tries because tries just come from attacking shapes nowadays you know unless you're a freak of a player you're not just gonna make something out of nothing, you know, gotta have the opposition um poorly defending the Cowboys were. But we were all attacking our left hand side, you know. As uh, while Mato and Wanga Blake are on the right hand side still attacking weapons, you're gonna go left, especially after Sivo scored his second. Why would you go to the and, right? And and the two? Cowboys, Civo's much like
0: much like Parramatta, have similar issues defensively on their right edge. So of yeah, exactly. course of course you're gonna be picking on that weaker side.
2: Yeah, and we would have um, identified Isan Masters, he defended on the right hand side, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, we would have identified him, you know, four weeks ago. Brad Arthur would have Absolutely, done that and would yeah. have gone, all right, on the lead up to this one, we're going to focus on our attack on our left edge there. And it paid off dividends. You know, we won 42-4 or 42-4. Yeah. Um, doesn't matter if Fergo scores a try no. or not.
0: Yeah. The only thing about Fergo scoring a try is wherever the boys get to see his bare ass at the end of the season. That's, that's yeah. the only <laughs> difference it is. If, they, if we're winning games and scoring, we've got the second best offense or equal second best offense alongside the West Tigers um, behind the Roosters at the moment. So as long as we're scoring tries as a team, no one really cares. And it's not like the right edge can't score. We've got uh, Wanga on three and Matto on two, I think, down the right edge. And you've got to remember that you look at these players and then in, in almost any other team, you know, Ryan Madison, Wanga Blake, Sean Lane, Michael Jennings, they'd all be spotlight like spotlight featured offensive players looking for, to set up tries for. So Parramatta just happened to have an absurdly absurdly well balanced roster, and that's the like f- I tweeted about this in, in an article. That is the first world problem that comes with it. You can't give tries to everyone, and Blake Ferguson, who is on an absolutely outstanding career streak of um, I think it's was it seven or eight uh, straight double digit try scoring seasons. Eight. Uh, eight. So um, you know he's now on the duck and he's got twelve games to try and get back on track for that. But you know when the, when the rest of the team is going so great, guns, I'm sure he's not complaining too much.
2: Yeah, exactly. We scored 33 tries this year. Uh, as you said, second only to the Roosters, who scored 37. So it's not as if you know we're having to rely on Ferguson no. to score our tries. We're scoring them. So it doesn't really matter.
0: Exactly. Um,
3: and it, I think things will open up a bit later in the season. One, when you get Moses back, and two, uh, when that whole right edge of Madison, Moses, Wonga, and Fergo are playing together because we can't forget... One, Ferguson was injured for a big portion of last season. Two, Madison is new to the team. And three, Wunger Blake wouldn't have had a preseason because of his shoulder injury. So it's not really, um, I, I take your point that I, I don't think I'm as concerned about Fergo not bagging yeah, a- absolutely. Um, meat pies every game. Uh,
0: it's not like you, you can see him out there kicking cans or whatnot. He's still rolling up his sleeves and getting heavily involved. So, you know, he's doing his job.
2: One thing I'd like to um, uh, praise about the team, just sort of, sort of over the over the season here, I'm just looking at the stats on NRL.com. Um, set completion, seventy nine percent. We're in the top five there, and yet we're far and away the best offloading team. Like we're forty points, we're forty offloads in front of the Roosters, hundred thirty five to ninety five is second best. So you know, we going go uh,
0: junior really Paul must be out offloading some teams at this point.
2: Yeah, well, he's eight. You know. Teams would be happy with that in one game and he made a play himself. (laughs) But it's good to see that, you know, while we're going out there and throwing, you know, offloading the ball, we're still respecting it. Like, we're not going out there and throwing silly offloads, like you said with Reg before. Um, You know, he's not going out there and goes, oh, I have to throw two offloads in this game. No, he's just going into contact going, oh, I might be able to get the ball away here. All right, reads there, bang, and then we can go in our attacking run from there. You know, it's really good footy and really nice to watch.
3: All right. Well, I think we'll wrap up the chat there um, and jump into the news. So first news items, uh, no doubt seen by now, but there's two more added to the injury list. Uh, Oregon Kafusi broken hand, expected return round 13 they to 14. That's a big, that's a big ra- loss. It is a big loss. And Raymond Stone, broken hand, round 14 to 15. So, um, you know, he is, don't know what uh, they've been doing with their hands. If,
0: if, <laughs> the devil's idle hands, eh? Um. If if Oregon's a big loss, I also have to say Stoney was carving out a nice like spot in the bench for us. And every time he's been on the cusp of doing it, he's had a really unfortunate setback. So he's due for some good luck. So I hope that he can get back and and force his way back onto that bench. And so just
2: they need a job done on their hands, like a hand job.
3: Um, just to confirm our injury list now, Mitch Moses calf expected return round 12 to 13. Uh, we just did Oregon and Ray. Kane Evans calf indefinite and Penny Terapo. It doesn't say what the ailment is but just has indefinite. Um, so I don't know what that means. Uh, all right, then on to the NRL draw. So the next four rounds have all been locked in, which will see the Ills playing four away games, um, uh, sorry, three away games in their next four fixtures. Um, and the one home game coming against the West Tigers. Um, so, you know, what the hell? that That is illegal. What is going on here?
0: <laughs> well, it shows you how much ado about nothing, the, the whole, I, I say controversy, but it was just a little bit of outrage on the internet about Parramatta getting an unfair advantage about the Bank West setting for the COVID um, interrupted season. We ended up playing that one game against the Roosters and that was it. And here we are back on track playing normal away games. Yeah, this would be a good test for us though. Um the criticism has always been that Parramatta don't travel well and then this year we've not had to travel too much because of the, the COVID lockdown, although we did um do a number on both the Queensland teams up there. So yeah, good good test for us and you yeah, know, we'll see how our form carries across to to the away trip starting off Newcastle.
3: Yes, so playing Newcastle at Marathon Stadium and then um marathon. after that oh well the old marathon, wasn't it? <laughs> is
2: that
3: yeah, what, it is. what what do they call it these days? Uh
2: it's the building firm.
1: McDonald's Jones McDonald's Stadium, Jones stadium. Uh, yeah, Same yeah, yeah. Was, it'll you know, always
0: be like, the McDonald's trivia question. Stadium. There you go, baby.
1: I think it used to be called Energy Australia as well. It I love like that. Been, it
0: would have been Energy at one point. Yes, it was back in the past.
1: Better than and then One Smiles.
0: That was that was an all-time low bar to set for the Cowboys, wasn't it? That was just a dreadful stadium name.
3: And then to round ten, we'll be playing at uh, Brookvale Oval. Uh, can I call it Brookvale still? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I like Asbestos yeah. land, but. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then round eleven will get be against the West Tigers, and that'll take place at Bankwest. And then the week after that, where are we off to? What, to uh, so that's round twelve.
1: We've and, got an easy draw at the Stadium.
3: Year. Yep. Sorry, Bertie, you were saying?
1: I was gonna say we've got an easy like we've had a rough like six seven games now, but like towards the end, like our toughest opponents are going to be like Penrith and Storm. The rest are going to be like. Bottom eight and yeah,
0: the first half of our draw I mean was, so. was obscenely difficult, but it's yeah. backed up by the second half of the draw being on strength of schedule quite simple. So you always got yeah. to be wary of travelling too easy, but we have the harder games, quote-unquote, um, out of our way. Yeah.
3: And then having a look at the Dally M uh, awards, even though we think they're pretty fraudulent. They are pretty uh, but the king yeah. is king of the Dally M's at this point. Uh, uh, right. No uh, North Queensland uh uh, selections this round. Clint <laughs> Gutherson, three. Maker Civo, two. Dylan Brown, one. Um, and Clint Gutherson sits one point clear at the top on 12 points. I, so uh, very good start to the season for I, Clint.
0: I do hope that Maker and Dylan by Reg Junior a case this week because they're very unlucky to miss out on points. I mean,
2: to think a player scores four tries and you're, going, you're, you're thinking about not giving him at least one point there, that shows how good we were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: All right. And do we want to get on to uh, some of the other rounds across uh, some of the other yeah, games? Yeah, there,
0: the... there, was, there was some pretty interesting stuff that happened in a few games. We, we probably should touch on at least the um, the Thursday and Sunday night games for sure.
3: Well, I think we can uh, cast our mind back to the full round of football, uh, which started off on Thursday night with uh, what's being classified the game, well, the best regular season game of all time, uh, <sighs> Storm 27, Roosters 25. Um, the last fifteen minutes was uh, exceptional. Yeah, I mean,
2: um, last fifteen minutes was just unbe- <laughs> you know, I wouldn't it, say exceptional. I'd but say unbelievable.
0: I'd say it was it's up there for one of the most exciting regular season games of all time. But it's not the best game, or even close to. I think both, had
1: twenty eight errors for God's sake. Yeah, exactly. Quick.
0: Both both teams would have been very upset with the errors because not only did they make bad mistakes, but there were bad mistakes that led directly to multiple tries across for both teams. It was you know really bad discipline. Um, but very exciting. I'm not going to take that away. That was an absolute showcase for the international audience for how exciting rugby league can be. Um, what a grandstand finish! Lots of twists and turns, and and you know credit to the refs in a in a sense for actually calling it an obvious, obvious penalty in golden point. They usually would just say no, no, play on, play on. But you know that was clearly a penalty.
3: Yeah, the the field goal trading was pretty good. I have to give him that much.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean it, it's credit to both those teams too because it's a game that most other teams would have dropped playing at that level with the amount of turnovers they had, but they kept at each other's throats and you know it showed sure why they're two of the heavyweight contenders.
3: And then on to Friday night, Raiders and Dragons. Um, I have to say, I only looked at the score slightly after half time, and Raiders were up, was it
0: 22 nil at one point? It seemed like well that. Well ahead at one point And then the Dragons crept back in, but pretty, yeah, and pretty. Then I got
3: to my, my parents' place. Cause we were watching the Eels game there, uh, with my stepdad. And, uh, yeah, just turned it back on, and, and Dragons were back 16 points with almost a chance to to take it. it was what, a, was, what the hell was going on there?
0: Well, it was a phyric victory for Canberra because they had some heavy losses out of his game. Uh, Soliola, I don't know if you saw the scans, but he has cracked his skull on two. It's absolutely gruesome stuff.
3: Yeah, so, it's across like uh, – it's just above the top teeth, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, like under where, his nose. So, yeah, that's right. Just,
0: just at the base of his nose, and yeah, he's out for potentially the season now. But, yeah, the I've, the Raiders had a lot of injuries. I think they were down to one or zero men on their bench. Fatigue crept in, and the, the Dragons sort of just opened the door ever so slightly. Um, but, yeah, I don't think the Raiders were ever – I mean, technically, they were one try away, but uh, the, it was more the Dragons just desperately racing the clock. I think Canberra had them in control for most of that game. So, I will
1: but- say, poor Corey H- Horsburgh, the bitch. <laughs> Zach Lomax was folded like an origami, man. Never once got up for a jumper punch. Never once got up and, like – Tended staunch. And yet, it just shows you how much of a little bitch he is called Horsbrook because Lomax was like, he was just, he was literally folded and then he didn't say, didn't do anything. And
0: that, yeah. that tackle was very awkward for um, Zach Lomax. I really cringed. Was when I saw it was worse than our
1: one. And yeah, we're copping shit because we're dirty and Maddo's dirty. What did Maddo do? He did nothing. It just, yeah, Raiders.
0: <laughs> but yeah, uh, the Raiders now have a, a sway of forwards out and they're going to feel that pinch when it gets to the um the business end of the season because that's where the, the forwards are worth every cent they're paid, aren't they?
3: Yes. Then on to um,
0: the first. Quickly, Oh, I sorry. Go.
3: About,
2: can I talk about my experience of this game?
3: You can, of course,
2: yeah, you can. Okay. Um, I was eating. <laughs> I was eating uh, Thai at Lauder at uh in Parramatta on Church Street, two seventy-seven. Lauder.
0: <laughs> say it properly. Uh,
2: Church Street. Is that Laudur. a plug?
0: That was you a Sim- uh, Simpson's plug, mate.
2: No, I don't get free shit. It's just really nice Thai food, and huh. um, yeah, I reckon cracking meal if you're uh looking for something in Parramatta next time. Or if Wait,
0: did you year. have the musman curry? Is that the meal you had?
2: Uh, no, I had a beef Penang curry. Oh, lovely. I have had the beef muskman from there before. Though. I
0: would have sworn I saw you commenting about the mate at one point. So,
2: ah, oh, love. It's so tender. They're fantastic <laughs> food. Go there. Don't watch the Dragons vs. Canberra game. <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay. On to Saturday's first game, Titans and Sharks. Uh, Sharks just too dominant here and yeah. Cronulla are back in the top of eight. What is going on?
0: Well, the Titans hung around for half the game. And then they just completely capitulated okay. in the second the second farm stanza. But yeah, the I don't know. The Sharks have been so bad for most of the season. And in the last couple of weeks, they've righted the ship. Um, although, you know, it was against the heavily wounded Manly and then the Gold Coast Titans. But when you put on 40 points back to back, you know, you're doing something right. Um, Sean Johnson looked a lot healthier and a lot better. Uh, you know, Blake Braley's looking pretty good at um, dummy half in place of his brother that went to Newcastle. And uh, Andrew Fafita almost looks somewhat passable at the moment after having that you know knee heavily strapped for weeks he finally had the strapping off and and looked you know somewhat all right
3: then to the next game uh, i was at a pub in penrith and to give all, all the out. people all the people oh, it's just a regular pub nice. uh, all of the people that were watching the footy at that point were laughing their asses off when the Broncos gave up a 10-0 lead to yeah. capitulate to the Warriors 26-16, Um especially on that last try from Ken Mount uh, What a finish for him. Uh, but the Broncos sink even lower.
0: The, the transformation of the marshmallow has been awesome over the last few years, hasn't it? He's gone from a sort of after-fought for first grade to a legitimate mediator and, and big-time finisher. So he's done a very good job of um, taking that step in his career. But... Geez, did anyone else find the the post game scenes really awkward? Like, I've yeah. I've seen players cry for big games, big losses in the finals, the grand final, or any sort of you know knockout event, or even just just missing the finals in round if it's round twenty six back in the day or now round twenty four wherever we're at. Um, that that was just I, I don't even know. I
1: caught a fake tears. Like I might cop shit
0: for that. I mean, but- there, there, there would have been some crocodile tears in there too. I think Bertie, but I think some of those guys are just broken. I think that whatever's happening at that club. Like, they're, they're getting so many mixed messages from executives, from coaches, from assistant coaches, from their own, their own like, playing roster, that that it is just a mess. You saw Payne Haas giving Alex Gwen a verbal after letting uh, a try-in in the second half. Uh, you know, they're, they're just in such a hole. And, like, you know, as Parramatta fans, we've seen the worst that football can, can take a team to. But I don't think we've ever seen this.
1: Can't feel sorry for them, man. They've got everything hands. No, got no, no. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying we should pity them yeah. or feel sorry for them, but it, it is just almost uncomfortable. Like, and especially because the the focus now that the media are putting in there, because the Broncos are much like Parramatta in that they're such a huge entity in the NRL that they sell stories. And much like we experienced in 2016 at the salary cap saga, like the emphasis on every show, on 360, on every post-game show, the big lead rap, the the Saturday post-game show, the Friday post-game show, it is just Brisbane, Brisbane, Brisbane. And, you know, these guys have been put under a microscope, you know, almost t- obsessed about it. It's crazy.
2: Yeah, oh, you know, the, the tears sort of stuff, I, I think it came from a few players there. Uh, what, Freddie Croft and um, Alex Glenn were the main two? The main two, that's correct. Yeah, well, you know. Being a captain in the half they're probably the two most under
0: pressure. That that's true, that's a good point, Ham. I and that
2: And wasn't there a story um a while back that uh what's his name? Seabold said, um, I just want to know who's with me and there were only two players. That is
0: I'm that is know. correct that a few weeks ago there was a stand up if you're with me sort of moment in the dressing room. Yeah.
2: I'm just wondering, was it those two players, do they really believe what Seabold can do and you know, they've tried to put in their best true. and they're just trying to work too hard. Like I don't give a shit about the Broncos as a club. I
0: could not get no out. no exactly. And I think that that's a pretty common sentiment around the league. Obviously, they're
2: At, yeah as a club. I'm happy to see them down the bottom because, as Bertie said, they've had every concession possible and they're <laughs> struggling now. But individual players like media scrutiny is just too much. You know, we saw it um, with Jared Hayne in his early part of his career.
0: Sammy also copped it with the the um, domestic violence allegations.
2: I'm sure every club could pinpoint a player that's been absolutely hounded um, with media scrutiny and just constantly talking.
0: At an individual
2: level, I really feel, I do feel for them just because I don't think players should have to, or any person, really deal with that much, you know, about their work.
0: Uh, two, p- two players I do want to highlight from this game. Uh, one, Xavier Coates continues to look really good in that right wing. He looks like an absolute superstar in the making. So I'm, I'm hoping that the Broncos don't hold on to him or if he that he does go, he doesn't go to another good club. Um, but the other player, Blake Green, um, got told publicly that he was not going to be renewed at the end of the season by the new uh, power regime at the the club who were trying to expunge the influence of Isaac Moses. And so Green and the other player was Gerard Bill, wasn't it? That were publicly told that the service is no longer required. Um, he had a huge game. So credit to him for standing up.
3: And then on to the final match, uh, which had a lot of fireworks. Uh, West Tigers 12, Panthers 19. Uh, B.J. Lewis hit off the ball. Uh, no. the, clawing, uh, the Cleary uh, blowing kisses and pointing oh. at the yeah, exactly. the uh, scoreboard. Um, neither team uh, sort of set themselves up in glory, did they, really?
0: No, you could do a whole podcast on this game, I swear. There was a lot of interesting... I mean, you didn't even talk about Nofaluma trying to rev up the um the Panthers from the goal line at one point. It was um a fire, like an absolutely fiery game, and yeah, and not, not a good look for both teams. um, and I, I don't think that either team played awesome. It, like it might be controversial. I don't know. I thought the Panthers played sort of within themselves, and the Tigers had a decent game. But when the when Penrith finally found that gear, they just could not match it with them.
1: My man, Ivan, I fucking love you, mate. <laughs> oh, any any guy that gives it to the Tigers, oh, and it's just.
0: Well, the the whole story behind that was interesting because there was a, a former Fox Sports executive or uh, high-profile character in the crowd who was a West fan that was – him and his son had been given it to Ivan throughout the course of the game and obviously was Ivan – Was it Christian Nicolucci? No, no, <laughs> no unfortunately it wasn't. Uh, fortunately it wasn't. But uh, And um, Ivan obviously of his uh, very dramatic history of the club where he sort of used and abused the Tigers in order to get back to Penrith. Um, yeah, not a good look for anyone in that game, especially BJ LeLua, who as soon as his brother copped that incidental high shot from Appy, who I, I mean there was nothing in it. He was he was bending down to get a grubber kick and Appy tries to get him across the chest and and clips him in the jaw and one of the most innocuous high shots I've ever seen. And we, we sit there for 15 minutes while Le has a stretcher and an ambulance caught out and then he walks off. Like uh, that that was just like a what the hell is going on sort of moment. But the, as soon as that went down, and then when Chorus, I went over to apologise and check if Luciano was okay, and BJ snaps, you just knew, you knew there was something coming. And not only did he do that stupid coat hanger on uh, uh, Edwards, doing
3: Edwards, Edwards um,
0: he also gave away a, a clutch penalty to get Penrith in front by kicking the ball in the play the ball, like deliberately yeah. kicking the ball. Like I, I, I don't. If I'm if I'm the West Tigers and I'm Michael Maguire, in good conscience, I can't pick him when he's back off his suspension
2: because kicking the like. The coat hanger one—that's sheer stupidity. Like that's grubbiness. That that should have been a send off straight I away. I agree. Have been the, no-
0: with, with three minutes left in the game. The ref had nothing to lose by employing the send off, and instead he takes the the weaker symbian option. Like that is a hundred percent a send off.
2: And yeah. I think four weeks. yes is, yeah. is it, not enough. That
0: that's agreed. Like it just it sends the wrong message, and then you have
2: if you if you get a player across the throat. Uh, to me, that's, one of the, that's a worse tackle than getting them um, sort of up high or around the head. The throat is like really bad air. It's really easily damaged. That's right.
0: There's no protection
2: he to does it. it to a player not involved in
0: Completely defenseless. Like,
2: completely defenseless. And it's reckless and careless. It, you know.
0: Mean, meanwhile, Nathan people, Brown people. cops two weeks for uh, like tickling uh, Victor Radley on the chin when he was falling over. And then yeah. you get this jabroni that has a month out with the other guilty plea who is also an, a known offender. He's got, yeah. you know, he's got a rap sheet longer than Nathan Brown by some margin. And people
3: going off. Well, we uh, know where the lines are on the grading now. So grade yeah, three
0: is off the ball yeah, unprovoked. Exactly.
3: Grade four is a decapitation.
2: Yeah. I'm telling you.
0: And if you're Cameron Murray, you don't get graded. So
2: yeah, it, like people going off on Warren Smith on Twitter he said that. Um, I can't remember if he said a time or how long that laylows should be spent on the sidelines, but it was, you know, I think it was six weeks plus. Up, 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 I believe mean, volleyballs yeah. To me, that's an eight week plus suspension. Like, I mean, it, it's that's it's, up there with um, was it Danny Sullivan?
0: Sullivan has one of those bad hits, and the other one was obviously Hopper Senior, who had the yeah. the flying forearm against Keith Galloway. And obviously, it's not as bad as Hopper's attempt on on Keith, but that is, you know, in, in recent memory, can you think of a worse foul play incident? No, no. Even
2: you know, it wasn't it wasn't as hard, and you know, you can't say it was as, as intentional. But there's no reason for him to be sticking his forearm out there. It was intentional. There's no that should have been a grade three intentional head high tackle, even though it's not a tackle.
1: It's worse than when um, a halfback goes to the line, passes it and gets hit late. Like, it Yeah, it is. And yeah, that gets a, like a week or two. Like this is, there's no reason for you to stick your arm up that high and use the foils unless you just brain snap. Like it's just, it yeah, right. might yeah. benefit from him getting the no.
0: The only other only thing I had out of this game was it was very entertaining to see Harry Grant's already getting the superstar M points. Um, He had a, a very middling game, I thought, um, and he still picked up the one point in the M stakes. So that keeps him in second place, I believe.
3: All right. Well, that's enough on that game. Uh, on to the next controversial game. Uh, Steagles 12, Knights 14. Uh, that last play of the game, a push in the back. I'm fine with Push a player I'm over the sideline.
0: I thought it was fine. Uh,
3: yeah, I think I'm going to go out early and say fine with it. It looks bad in the slow-mo, but when they're at, you know... Under, under, half, a, under <laughs> half a
0: second of time between the kick and the push... He'd been comm- he was committed to the tackle, and and if you're going to start calling that a penalty, then every sort of kick tackler should be penalized.
3: So And also from the back, so he couldn't see that he'd kicked it yeah, either. So That's right. And But um. there,
0: if the same thing had happened, if someone had overshot uh, from marker, and then the guy had gotten past, and then goes to put the kick in, and the marker comes back and gets him behind, it's the same thing. You Being tackled behind isn't illegal. So, you know, yeah, just, it was play on, and then Andrew McCullough, who has rinsed the stink of the Broncos off him, uh, you know, they're there for the clutch save and the in-goals.
3: And following from that, uh, the ref doing the right thing sent it upstairs just to make sure uh, we're sent back down. You know, nothing to uh, overrule uh, the no try signal. And uh, as a result, Adam Finola Blake sees himself in breach of the anti vilification code. Code, sorry, uh, telling the ref that he's an effing retard, and then apparently in the (sighs) tunnel saying that they're spastics. But Um, he
0: didn't. He didn't. In his defense. He didn't understand the meaning of retard or spastic. He didn't know it was a slur. Yeah, come on.
1: And he apologized. Um, so this good is language. this
0: is from the man that led the charge against Aaron Moilan for making fun of uh, uh, the Pacifica surnames, and also a noted anti-vaxxer, by the way. So,
3: yeah. Like, if, if you're going to have a go at the refs, at least do it with a bit of class, like Sandow,
0: and say that you're,
1: you're being paid
3: off
0: by the other team. <laughs> what a <an laughs> Like the one good thing he did for us. Um, but he, was he the only one sent off, or was um someone else sent off? I thought
1: Jake break? got sent off. Uh, no,
0: that's what I no, thought. Little.
2: No, it was only Fenua Blake. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, NRL.com did have two sent off, but no, it was um, <sighs> brought back down to one, which was just Fenua Blake. And it was <sighs> really like all this stuff. And I mean,
0: I mean, we, we hose the refs a lot in this podcast because they don't always do a great job. But to, to defend Grant Atkins, he handled that pretty well. You know, he said, wow. you, you don't speak to me like that. Get off the field. And but then- The thing lift. is
2: also, you know, other players also reacted, which is fine. You know, they thought that they should have had a penalty.
0: And, yeah, and well, Daly, Daly Evans was arguing his case for that entire time. They
2: and blew up, which is fo- – like,
0: Yeah, it, it, it was an emotional sequence. Like, they'd lost the yeah. g- lost the chance to steal the game or at least go to Golden Point um, on the back of a call.
2: That didn't use a slur towards no. him. Like, come on. And then all we were talking before about Fenua Black and they're saying, oh, yeah. he should do community service with um, kids with – no – No, he shouldn't. He shouldn't be allowed that. And the kids shouldn't be subjugated to somebody that doesn't want to be there and someone that doesn't respect them, recognize what they can do. What should happen? Well, what I think should happen is someone come into him and say, like someone with a disability, could be any disability they want. It could be, um, what's his name, the fellow that plays uh, Dylan Orcott. Dylan Orcott could come in and say, you know, this is why this is hurtful. And then for the suspension be as long as until he recognizes why using those words is wrong.
3: All right, well that's enough on uh, Manly seagulls. But as pointed out by Gol in the chat, it's uh, quite unsurprising that an anti-vaxer is also uh, ridiculously stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: didn't he also? He was also because he's a paramedic junior. Phil Blake. He was. And, um, uh, just say he's had a sketchy past with us, and the reason why the Dragons also. So yeah,
0: Phil Blake so. was part of our development house. Until about 15 years of age, I believe, then went to the Dragons and left the Dragons when he was on like primed to play first grade because of domestic so violence. Not even left the Dragons, they kicked him. So, out. Well, yeah, left the Dragons. So he was, was booted out of the entire NRL when he was primed to break into the game um, uh, for them at first grade because of domestic violence. And yeah. so, yeah. He's he, grub. He is, yeah, as grubby as it gets. That's right.
3: All right, let's move on to the last game. Not much really needs to be said. Bulldogs ten, Rabbitohs twenty six. Rabbitohs cruised early and then had a buttload of errors. Um, But the Bulldogs just have no
0: attack. It continues the trend for the Rabbitohs, doesn't it? They sort of they get the job done against the shit teams, but they haven't been able to step up against a good team yet. So, um, yeah, I mean, they what they're floating around the eight now, are they? Uh, Yeah, they're where are they? Just outside the eighth, ninth place, ninth, yeah, yeah. So I don't know the. One player that really hasn't kicked on the way people thought he would under the new interpretations is Damian Cook. He's been, you know, not terrible, just not has been anywhere near as dominant as people would have expected. Needs those quick play of the balls. True.
3: All right, well, let's move on to the preview of the Eels and Knights clash to take place on Sunday at 4pm, the 12th of July, 2020, uh, which, you know, Rabs, we love our Sunday afternoon football Uh Taking place at McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle, uh, catch it on Channel Nine, KO Foxtel Live Pass, and local uh, check local listings for radio. But let's have a look at the team lists now, because there's a number of chamber-
0: changes. I did not like this year, team list. About. This was this yeah. was an unpleasant team list, not because of bad selections, but because of surprise like, like surprise injuries.
3: Yeah, well, injuries hitting back, but, you know, keeping them fresh for the end of the year. (laughs) Uh, Well, at least they're not going through the injuries that the the Sydney Swans are going through, Bertie. Is that
1: right? don't stop me, man. If you're over 190 centimetres, you're going to get injured, guaranteed. (laughs) <laughs> Alright, well
3: let's look at the team list For Newcastle, Kalen Ponga at fullback And on the wings Tex Hoy comes in And Heimel Hunt, the other wing Then in the centres, Anari Tuala And Bradman Bess In the halves, Kurt Mann and Captain Mitchell Pierce. Then at prop is David Klemmer and Daniel Saifidi, Andrew McCulloch at, ha- at Hooker, sorry. Then the second row is Lachlan Fitzgibbon, Anguera, Guerra, Herman, Essie, Essie, Then the interchange bench is Stafford Toa, Jacob Saifidi, Pasami Swalo. Su- Swalo, is that right? Uh, Swalo. I want to swallow. say. Pasami Swallow. Um, swallow. Yes, yeah, <laughs> well, And Brody Jones. Then the extended bench is Tao Tao Moga, Josh King, Phoenix Crossland, and Connor Watson. Then for the Eels, captain and fullback, Clint Gutherson, Maker Sivo, and Blake Ferguson on the wings. Michael Jennings, Wonga Blake in the centers, in the halves, Dylan Brown and Jai Field. Forwards are Regan Campbell-Gillard, Junior Paulo, at hooker is Reed Marney. Second row is Sean Lane, Ryan Madison, and Locke is Nathan Brown. Then the interchange bench is David Gower, Stefano, or Tui-Cumano, bringing up his debut for the And sorry, on David Gow, I should say that it is his 100th game in the blue and gold stripe. Damn
0: right. Um, So night watchman raises his bat for the ton.
3: He does. He does strike you as sort of a night watchman, doesn't he? Yeah. A bit of a medium pace and bowler. Or maybe he throws a a little bit of a a spin, I reckon.
1: Reminds me Um, of Doug Bollinger a bit.
3: Like old school Dougie yeah yeah, 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 a bit of
0: Dougie B in there. If he gets a rug on top, he'd look a lot more like Dougie B. <laughs> <laughs>
3: then Murata Neokore and Brad Takarangi also on the interchange in the extended bench. Dan Alvaro, George Jennings, Will Smith, and Andrew Davey. Uh, match officials are Jared Sutton with the main uh, whistle, Phil Henderson, and Tim Robbie. are touch judges, Ben Galea, video ref, and Steve Chitty, is Ziggy? The senior review Ziggy! official. <laughs> um, Alright, so uh, those changes uh, I can't say that I really know too many of those players on the Newcastle no. bench aside from Jacob Saifidi
0: yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: but their, their starting forward pack uh, has been really good this year yeah. Daniel Saifidi probably living up to the billing of an origin forward uh, when he was picked last season, not really uh, in that same vein of form uh, but uh, Aiden Guerra they've had to use him in second row because of injuries uh, Herman S E S come into lock is he their starting lock or is that because he, of injuries he, as well he
0: was a sure. they are missing um, Sione Matautio in the back row which is why Aiden Guerra is there Sione yes. checked into the concussion protocol unfortunately again much like Teppi seems to be dogged by those head knocks sort of robbed him of the best part of his career um, but yeah so that, that is close to their full strength forward pack if I'm not mistaken the only other notable injury they had was uh, the forearm for uh, the winger Edric Lee right who
3: yes, Edric Lee smashed his
0: arm last week. Yeah. And so there was question marks over Callum Ponga and SASA coming out of that game but they've been named the play, so I assume that they'll take their place in the team.
3: And returning for the Eels, Nathan Brown at lock, that'll be a big inclusion for us, but he'll have to keep a clean skin, won't he?
2: Yeah, yeah. Just tackle around the legs, Brown. You <laughs> yeah, follow your cousin, he, Dylan.
0: Oh, God, if he sneezes anyone, he's going to get two two years, I reckon, at this point. So.
2: Yeah, but uh, you look at Brownie coming back in and all, i know our bench has been weakened by uh the loss of Cafucian Stone but it looks much better with Marador. Yeah
0: man. what a, what like, a weapon to have off the bench.
2: Just a bit of impact you know. You can bring him on he's, he's probably going to make 100% there and you know really good to see Stefano make his um club debut. I know he signed with the Tigers and i i, I we, can't we've
0: fold him we've got a premiership a to win this year and he's obviously viewed as the most like beneficial uh, part of winning that premiership in the short term. So
2: Yeah i'm not going to fold a 21 year old for taking <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> 300 grand a year, like. Yeah. But I'd take it up. So. The, 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 and that, just on it.
3: that, the, the smart play from the Eels to not let him go, given, uh, yeah, you know, he's going to be... Absolutely.
0: So you hold you hold firm, Um, you keep your cards to your chest, and you don't fold over, exactly. you know, you know, unlike the lesser clubs that let the guys go for nothing. And that's something that we've profited on, you know, by the way, with some of our guys. But, yeah, well done to the Eels. And now we have a, a young kid who has all of the talent in the world, just hasn't been able to stay healthy, unfortunately, but he's getting his shot. And I think at, at that speaks something we spoke about last week, in that we now have the systems in place where we're trusting the young, talented guy over the the veteran with the lower threshold. And you know, we saw Jay Field make his debut and, and have a good game, and now we're going to see Stefano come off the bench in place of um, Daniel Alvaro, who would have been otherwise, you'd think the the first Ford picked from the reserves. So. Yeah.
2: Um, just on that, last week we had Clinton Gutherson making his hundredth NRL game and Jay Field making his debut. This week we've got David Gale playing his hundredth game.
0: <laughs> and Stefano, <laughs> making, Stefano his debut. making his debut. You don't say that too often, don't you? Back to back.
2: Call up um what's the historian? What's his name on channel nine?
0: Oh Dave oh, Middleton.
2: Dave Middleton. Call up Dave Middleton. See if that's happened before. Yeah, <laughs> like back to back regular. centurion
0: debuts, whether it's club or rookie debut. So yeah. that's that's real interesting there. Um I was um I was doing the sort of the poking into this for my team was Tuesday blog on, on TCT and I was actually surprised. I think we've mentioned this on the Discord before, but uh, David Gower is the second longest tenured eel at, uh, for under, uh, under Brad Arthur and at the club in general. And the only, really? man, the only man that's been here longer than him consecutively is Penny Tarepo. So wow. the, only, only those two players. Technically, Alvaro was in the Regis team in 2014, but only Tarepo and um, Gower have been through all the highs and lows of Brad Arthur. Um, we had guys like Takarang come on in 2015. Um, but yeah, only those two have been there for the full ride. When so. did Gutho come? Uh, twenty fifteen. Uh, yeah. What about what about Nathan Brown? Brownie was, he was a, Brownie was a 20, He was, was he? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, it crazy thing that those those two are the last last guys who have been here from the start. But and, and in another crazy twist of fate, they both made their hundredth NRL game in the same game against Melbourne Storm in twenty eighteen. And now here we are with uh David Gower eventually getting to his hundredth for the blue and gold. So um what, what, a, what a really cool story for Gower, who's been one of the good guys for us. Um, he's been a role model for players on and off the field, has um, constantly sought to better himself um, through education, tertiary education. He's done a million different degrees via TAFE and I think uh, maybe distance, um, distance, uni- distance universities. And, you know, he's just kept on, keep, um, kept on keeping on and he's turning 35 in September. And yet <laughs> here, here he Move is. Move over Cameron Smith. Yeah, exactly. You talk about Cameron Smith being playing the 40, Gower's going to go to his fifty.
1: In all seriousness, if I'm Clint Noonan, I'm I'm fearing this guy's going to take my job because <laughs> this this guy, look, look, he, seriously. You I, know, he, he,
0: a, he will be a huge asset, not just to Parramatta, but to Rugby League in general.
1: Yeah, the um, player post, association. Like, everyone loves him. Yeah. There's nothing bad about him. He's he's well-educated. Yeah, if
0: you listen to him his interviews, he speaks very yeah. well. And I, I do hope that he sticks around at the club. And if not, if it's not at Parramatta, that he goes on to help the NRL because he's got um a, a bigger calling, I think, post-career than just being you know a, a player or a former player, rather.
3: All right, and where are we going to beat Newcastle? Everywhere on the bench.
0: Yeah, bench, bench stands yeah. out. I think Murata. Um tacker has been good off the bench. Like not not huge numbers, but he's had uh, at least one high impact run the last couple of weeks. Um, David is always good for at least one good run. And I think Stefano's limits will be mi- uh, limits minutes will be limited. Sorry, um, because we're going to lean heavily on Junior and Reg, and we'll probably um, we might even play Brownie for the eighty minutes. I reckon. And then just put Rider into the proper rotation or something like that.
2: Could very well go close to doing that. Yeah,
0: and Stefano will get you know his ten or fifteen minutes, and you know hopefully he can make an if impact that, in that. Yeah,
2: if that you know with the way Ba likes to bring on his forwards. That's that's right. You know, five minutes maybe in the first game. So um, I hope Stefano you know goes out there and shows what he can do because you know yeah we really need that bench to step up because you look at the starting packs and they're both quality across you know from eight to thirteen both of you know. Obviously, I, I believe ours are a little bit better, but Newcastle have been playing really well, especially through the forwards there. So um, you look at their bench, both benches are a bit weakened through injury. Um, I believe ours has just that little bit more experience, a um, little bit more attacking flair as well, which, um, you know, obviously the Knights have Jacob by but
0: Junior Staffan boy, 2nd face boy is just terrifying, isn't it?
2: Yeah. So, you know, Stafford Tower is a full-back centre, I believe. Yep. Um, Solo's only played – this will be his sixth game, I believe. Or, well, mate, no, eighth. Um, and Brodie Jones has only played three games this year. We've really got the um, experience over there uh, on the bench there. So that's where we need our boys to step up. And um, Newcastle will be relying you know, uh, getting the most, the more minutes out of their starting middles.
0: The, the biggest mismatch on paper is definitely Texoy versus Makasibo, isn't it?
2: Oh, 20 k oh. difference. Yeah,
0: so that, that'll be something I expect we try to exploit. But um, I, I smell a big game for one of our centres. I think that Michael Jennings or Wonga are going to have a big game. So I don't know which one. I don't know like whether it's you know Jennings up Jennings up against is it best on that side is best no best to be up against surely Wong Blake
1: it's Wonga Blake. We got to kick to that side just because we can out jump them and they're a bunch of midgets. You know the knights like they're back the back five besides Cedric Lee. Like, yeah, Cedric Lee's is playing. So like oh, sorry besides with, with, besides Cedric Lee, even if he's playing, there's still a bunch of midgets like bunch <laughs> of the out
0: there. They, they are a relatively short team out out wide, aren't they? So that would yeah. be something we could look to exploit for sure, especially given that Dylan's generally pretty pinpoint with that sort of kick. So uh,
3: we've 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 missed the one big consideration here. Um, Reed Marnie, what are, what are the odds on him kicking a 40-20 this week after <laughs> last week's attempt? <laughs>
2: I think maybe oh, he's both kicking real license revoked.
1: Him and Tucker kick
0: buddies now. They never uh, kick again. No, I really won't uh, get his yeah. license revoked. He might, might be back on his green peas, but he won't get it revoked for me.
3: He, he did a couple of really good kicks that pinned uh, the Cowboys back down in their, their 10 20 meter line. 40-20 but that 40 20 that, was that, that 40-20 attempt was probably one of the worst yeah, ones I've seen.
0: Screwed <laughs> off the side of the boot. Oh, God.
3: Uh, but at least it didn't go out on the full, I think. Um, all right. Well, I think that's a, a good wrap-up there. Uh, potentially, uh, I, I know the Newcastle Knights, that they're going to look dangerous on that left edge. So our right-edge defence really needs to bring it this week, um, especially those short uh, plays to Lachlan Fitzgibbon. Um, they isolate him up against a... Uh, the frame rate, uh, the half. Yeah, up against a half. So and if it's on that right edge, it'll be uh, for Jai Field to really step up in defense as well and uh, Ryan Madison to help him out on that right edge. Um, but I can really see them trying to exploit our right edge defense like every other
0: team Pierce, has been doing. Pierce does love a dummy and goal as well, so you've got to respect that too. Yes,
3: and also his kicking game is pretty good. Uh, and of course, Ponga, you know, he can do crazy shit when he's on. So
0: Down one side. The,
3: the, Down the left side, yeah. which is our worst defensive yeah. side.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, all right. Well, fingers crossed the boys can get over the top of it. We've got a little bit of a wait. It seems like last week's game was what, about a month ago um, at this point, and we've got another month to go until we get to Sunday. Um, but uh, I, I think we – I hope that we uh, banished or uh, killed that witch last year when we we beat Newcastle. Um did we beat them in both games, or just we only played one game?
0: Okay. I think we only played uh, one game. Two games. Yeah. We
1: played both, both. of two games. We beat them back. Returned game.
0: We lost the first game, <laughs> did we? And then beat them in the second game. Yeah.
1: Right?
0: yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. We had a shocker against yeah, them. Yeah, we had absolutely Barry Crocker against them early in the season, and turned around.
1: Danny he Levi killed us that game.
0: He can't hurt us anymore. He's that manly, and we always beat manly, so it's fine. <laughs>
1: when they offer
2: five game losing streak or something.
3: We yeah, we, we yeah we we did terribly, um, but hopefully we've banished that beast. <laughs> we can get up for this one, and uh, we'll be singing. Uh, what's their song in the show? Punch the the fist with uh, punch the sky oh, with bloody fist. Christ. Yeah, we'll glorify the eels. Raise yeah, ears. we'll glorify the eels. How does yeah. that sound? That sounds lovely. Right. Well, I think that'll wrap us up here. Um, oh, predictions, for... mate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wrap up the game chat and get to the predictions.
0: He saved it. There we go.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, Bertie, go for it.
1: Yeah, I think this will be a close game. I'm tipping um, Parramatta 24, Knights uh, 16. I think first try score, I'm going to go with uh, Michael Jennings. I just think he's going to – a little shimmy. I reckon he's just going to – Bertie taking
0: my advice from the, the game chat. I respect that.
1: I can't keep saying Morata because I'm. I don't no, want to no, sound no, like no. I, I, said, I said
0: that one. Like I said that the one. The sentence going to have a big game, I and mean, you're you're back in Michael Jennings. So I respect yeah. that.
1: I just well look, Bradman, he's like a fridge. Like I just think, <laughs> Jenko can just like he's just. I don't know they're a bit stiff, and yeah, I just yeah. Yeah, So I reckon oh. um, Jenko will just shimmy, yeah. Maybe go cut back into the inside, need, and yeah. We
0: need that quote out of context to um, advertise this pod. It's Brabham Burst is like a fridge. He's a bit stiff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, God, I can't believe I just said that. But, um, yeah, it'll be a close game, and You just know, what, seven and a half thousand uh, Nova Castrians are going yeah, to be booing everything and cheering. So it will be good when we get the dub and be a bit quiet. So, yeah. Um,
0: all right, on to your 40. Uh, I reckon we'll put on something for Jay Field and get him over the first try. Uh, whether it might be a little cheeky kicking early and getting the chase through off on or something like that. And I'll go for Parramatta to win. I'm, I'm going to back us for a reasonable win. Cause I went for the conservative, uh, margin last week. I think so. Parramatta 36, uh, Newcastle 10. And then Ham.
2: Uh, Reid Marnie first try score. Dado from dummy and a few, uh, lazy. And Parramatta will win
3: 22, 22. Too easy. Um, on to myself, I've got Reg Campbell Gillard bash over try in the middle, and yes, then I've got the Eels eighteen sixteen close game.
0: Reed tried to get him over last week. He gave him a couple of tries, <laughs> couldn't quite yeah. crack him yeah. though.
3: He's getting close.
0: He is. He is.
3: Um, all right. Well, that'll wrap us up there. Um, do we have anything off topic to talk about other than the well, uh,
0: world's richest man, Patrick yeah. Holmes?
3: Yeah. Bears fans, that you know, you saved yourself four hundred and fifty mil. <laughs> How good's that? Uh,
0: for, uh, those, for those in the know. Or, not no, rather the Bears passed over Patrick Mahomes and took Mitchell Trubisky and Deshaun you know, Watson and Deshaun Watson. So, there were yeah. two huge misses there, but yeah, um, it, it's obviously it that it, it is an unprecedented landmark sort of deal, isn't it? It completely resets the, the QB market because Russell Wilson had the biggest deal prior to that, and this blows it out on a per year basis. What is it? Uh, 450, 450 million, million. over 10.
1: It can reach up to 503,
0: but max. It, it's the sort of deal that they will restructure after yeah. four or five years. So, ha-
1: how about this, right? In twenty twenty six, if he's on the roster, he gets a forty nine million dollar bonus on the on the first ever <laughs> preseason.
0: Not bad at all. Patrick that Mahomes, of course. Patrick Mahomes, of course, being like oh, uber, talented, moment, no, 25,
1: sorry, 25. uber talented. No,
0: twenty five. Sorry, twenty five. Uber talented and you know one of the best players in the game. So big money, but you know that's what it, that's what it is in the NRL, NRL, NFL. NRL would kill to have four hundred fifty million dollars in general let alone four hundred fifty million dollars for one player. <laughs>
1: Did you guys hear the NFL actually approached
0: Yeah, there um, was a, a Valandis and whatnot restarting their competition. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Yeah. Because um, obviously what? the NRL's done a as opposed to the AFL done a pretty good job of restarting the competition.
2: So that's because Victorians are shit.
0: Well, <laughs> they are they are shit. Look what's happening down there. They're yeah. they're on full lockdown now, so
2: selfish pricks. Yeah,
0: not wrong. Bloody Mexicans. God. <laughs> Even the Canadians in Australia are better.
1: Well, who are the Canadians in Australia?
0: The Queenslanders.
1: Yeah, but that means we're Americans. Yeah. The Canadians are posh and they've got class. They yeah, but it's a it's a heads. geographical
0: thing, Bertie. Mexico is below, directly below North America or United States and Canada directly do we above. Want to
2: be, do we want to be the United States? There are, there are oh, cool places really? in the United States. Really? There are cool really, places. Really
0: Hawaii is pretty cool. Hawaii is pretty we cool. We're there. Hawaii. <laughs> I think we should end it there. Should oh. should there.
3: Let's end it there. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll <laughs> catch you on the uh, next para podcast. Uh, until then, enjoy the rest of the rugby, rugby league or rugby league. Sorry. Yeah, rugby league, and uh, yeah. uh, hopefully we'll be uh, hoisting the flag for another win this weekend. Cheers. Cheers,
1: guys. We raise our voices to the sky.